Welcome to The Chosen Business Owner, where Michelle Real will be interviewing entrepreneurs, franchisers, and more to learn how to build the perfect business. Michelle is an entrepreneur who has over 25 years of business experience. She is excited to build a community with other driven entrepreneurs and business owners. Michelle's hope is that this podcast will inspire you to continue pressing forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner. Do you dream of being your own boss? Are you looking to expand your current home service business by adding additional services? When you own a Taiga franchise, these dreams become a reality. Whether you have tons of business experience or none at all, Taiga Tree Service is with you every step of the way to help you grow your business. Taiga Tree Service provides superior residential and commercial tree removal services in an essential and growing industry. Our services consist of tree trimming and pruning, tree removals, stump grinding, storm damage, fire mitigation, lot clearing, and emergency tree service. The franchise business model is based on 20 plus years of industry experience and covers everything you need to know to be successful. If interested in hearing more about starting your own Taiga Tree Removal Service franchise, please head to taigafranchising.com. Now let's get the show started. Hi, and welcome to the Chosen Business Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Real, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Richard Gould. He is the owner and franchisor um, of Richard's Painting. And so I'm so excited to have you here with me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I'm excited to, to talk and spread the, the great word about uh, our franchise and, and the franchise business and, and how things work for somebody who's getting started and, and, and learning the ropes of, of franchising. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, I want, I'm hoping that you could start first with kind of your backstory and how you got started in painting, kind of how you got into entrepreneurship, and then we'll move into where you went with um, launching your franchise. Well, you know, entrepreneurship goes back a ways. Uh, when I was in, when I was in a kid in school, I used to sell candy. I used to go buy candy, sell it at school. I used to uh, fix people's report cards which technically was not fixing them. It was actually ruining them, but you know, they felt really good for a small time being. Um, so I always like to make money. Um, and then unfortunately I, not unfortunately not, I dropped out of high school. I didn't, uh, I was kind of bored, you know, I didn't really have the right direction and you know, my parents didn't really force me to stay and they didn't even, even notice that I'd left. I think they signed me out, but they weren't paying attention. So anyway, so after that, I went to go work and uh, worked in warehouse jobs, you know, did different things. I was always working, always had at least two jobs, whether it was cutting grass, delivering food, being a cook or um, whatever the job was. Then uh, somewhere I was about uh, 19 years old and a friend of mine said I was in between a job at the time. He says, hey, you want to go painting? And I said, OK. So, uh, so I went out, I painted. And uh, the very first house we worked on, it, I mean, I must have scraped and scraped and scraped and scraped this house for days. Felt like months, but it was it was a, it was a couple of weeks. And um, the guy Don, who who, uh, who I worked for, he said, "Well, if you can make it past this house, then you should be able, the rest of it should be easy." And so, uh, long story short, I, you know, um, I end up working for Don for seven or eight years. He's ready to retire. I buy the business from him. Um, and, uh, then I run it for another five years after that. 
Then I decide that I want to move to North Carolina from New Jersey. And uh, that was uh, uh, a lot of convincing of my wife, you know, because that's not always an easy thing. Her family and everybody's there. She didn't want to go, but I really thought the opportunity at that particular time, about 15 years ago, I thought, ah, oh, this is, is going to be a better idea for us. So anyway, moved to North Carolina, moved to a, a, a small town called China Grove. And we start working in this uh, town nearby called Salisbury, North Carolina. Now, and from the outside, you would think it would be, it's not even a great place, you know, to start a business. But it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, a southern town with a uh, with decent amount of money. Anyway, I uh, don't know anybody. And I, and, I, and I end up going from not knowing anybody to having, you know, a million plus business every year, you know, um, for the last few years. So to get to franchising... You know, I decided after I conquered that beast, I said, well, I'm kind of bored now. I want to do something. And I wanted to grow the business, but I didn't want to grow it myself and have 100% of the responsibility. I figured, well, maybe franchising might be a way that I can grow the business and grow the brand and have other owners who have a similar amount of interest and and, um, responsibility just like me. So here I am. So what would you say some of your... um key things were that you did to first build your business to a million plus a year? What what were some of the things you put in place or the things that you kind of attribute to that? I mean, the number one thing that you have to do in any business, but especially a service business like ours, um, is you have to establish that you're the best, right? You want to let everybody know that there is nobody better than you. You want to set set the you know, and they say perception is reality, right? And and so the the fact is that wherever we go, you know, other locations, but just like mine, the goal was you have to get in front of people. You have to get jobs. You have to get in front of the right people. You have to do a good job. But the best thing that we try to do is create an experience. You know, yes, it's just painting. Yeah, anybody could slap some paint in a wall or, you know, paint this or paint that and, and just walk out, you know, leave the job and, and never care. But I really wanted our customers to enjoy us being there and want us to come back over and over again. Um, and in that type of system, when you have a great service and you have a great experience, the, you can charge the right amount of money for that service. That's another key. Um, you know, you know, in your business, our business, there are many people out there who will work for nothing. You know, and you have to establish yourself in, and not sit there and worry about, well, just because Jim Bob or Susan or Sally is out there doing it for a hundred dollars a day, that doesn't mean that's what the job is worth. So, you know, establishing that you're the best and, and, and really having brand recognition, right. Is a big thing. Like, you know, for us, you know, we, we may do 200 jobs, maybe 250 jobs a year in our, our original location, but people think we're doing a thousand. You know, because we do a really good job of, of letting people know that we're there. And wherever you turn, you see a Richard painting van, a Richard painting sign, you know, a door hanger or a postcard or even with running Google ads or Facebook ads. And, you know, so you're always ingrained in people's head and that that brand awareness is is, is really important. Right. So as you so as you looked at franchising, did you look at any other avenues to expanding before you decided to franchise? Well, when I did, well, yes. Yeah, so what I did was I went open up another location, um, not too far away, because I wanted to prove to myself, A, that, you know, am I successful just because of me? Is it just me? 
that the reason that we're successful or is it what we do is the reason that we're successful? So I went and started another location, hired somebody to be the general manager, you know, hired, you know, a painter, started doing the work and we became successful, we're profitable. And I decided it's not just me, it's what we do. And so that gave me the confidence to move forward and say, okay, I think I can sell this to other people. And so um, now it's not that easy. <laughs> I can tell you saying it and doing it are two different things in franchising. Um, you know, you've got you to give, you know, franchisee, first you got to get the first person to come out and, and believe in you, right? Because you have nothing to back it up, right? You, yeah, you, I may have, you know, uh, been successful myself, but nobody believes it until somebody else is doing it. And so that's also a challenge when it comes to franchising. So where on that note, where did you find your first franchise? My first franchise um, was a friend of mine in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, and the reason, you know, the reason he became a franchisee was because he was at a stage in his life where he was working somewhere. He wasn't very happy. He was, you know, not the best financial situation. And I came to him and said, hey, look, I've got this opportunity that I think you can help me and I can help you. And, um, and truthfully, you know, every, you know, I have other, you know, potential franchisees call him because the number one thing he'll tell everybody all the time is I wish I would did this sooner, you know, because, you know, him as a person, you know, he didn't even have the confidence to, 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 to do this. Right. I had to like, you know, he, he said, no, like he said, yes, he said, no, he said, yes, he said, no. And, you know, I finally said, listen, get off, you know, stop you know, stop worrying about what can go wrong. Let's figure out well, what if it goes right? You know, that's why I tell a lot of people that everybody's always worried about the negatives. And I said, well, I always tell everybody what about the positives? What if this works? What if this is like the greatest thing that ever happened? You know, so, and for him, it, it has definitely been, you know, one of the most gratifying things uh, for him and myself was, you know, like I said, again, he wasn't in the best financial situation. He's a family. And, and, and so we tell, after he's been doing this for about a year, he lets me know he has like $30,000 in the bank, right? And that's by far the most money he's had in the bank in, in a law in, you know, in the whole life. And so those are things that are gratifying to me to say, Hey, not only is our business model working, but I'm also helping to change somebody's life, right? Like, you know, literally like, you know, not somebody who may have $250,000 in the bank and is a middle management executive is doing pretty good. And I'm talking about people who literally are like, this is their break they need to take their life from, you know, just being here to kind of taking it to the next level. And so do people need to have a background in painting? I mean, it sounds like your friend did not. So are you looking for just what, what are the key things you're looking for in the franchisees that you're wanting to join and lock arms with? No, that's, that's great. I mean, no, I mean, painting is not the most, uh, experience is not the most important part of this. Uh, having a personality, having dedication, having the willingness to learn, have the willingness to get out there and bust your ass. Really, that's what you need. There's not a, a, a secret formula. You know, it, it takes somebody or people who want to succeed and are willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And the number one thing you need is to have people who are willing to listen. Right. Yes. You're buying into a franchise. So when you buy into a franchise, it's not Sally's painting. It's not John's painting. It's not, you know, whatever painting. 
It's Richard's thinking. And the reason you're buying into that is because we have a proven system, a proven marketing system, a proven way of doing things that can help you be successful. So you need those kind of people who are willing to listen to a plan and then listen to a system. So how far, how long after you franchised, you know, got all your FDD paperwork and everything together, did your friend join you? Um, I want to say it was probably six months, okay. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then what has a lot changed since then in your model? Like, you know, they say you learn from the first one or two that you bring on. I mean, has it kind of been an evolution of things like, hey, this isn't working here and we're we're going to, you know, shift gears a little or? Yes. The, this, the, the, the saddest part sometimes is that I, you know, tend, I have a tendency to um, give everybody a lot of leash, right? And I, and I let people, you know, either fail or succeed on their own merit. And I'm learning that, you know, sometimes I have to be a little tougher. Sometimes I have to be more direct. I can't um, allow, uh, you know, simple things. Like you you see somebody get a magnet for their car and it doesn't look anything like the logo supposed to. And you're like, you're, you call them up and say, look, I appreciate you getting that logo or that magnet you're trying, but it has to be the right one. You know, like why, I don't want you to waste money on something that doesn't work. Um, you know, things like that, things, uh, you know, so what has changed from the beginning? Um, I, I'm not going to say a lot, uh, a lot of the things that have changed are just maybe more, um, organization learning how to, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned in franchising is that my sole job is to make it the franchisees successful, but also give them all the tools to be successful, right? That's really my job. And so the more things that I can give them to help them be successful in turn will hopefully make them more successful at the same time. And so would you say that's been one of the, the, um, most, well, most challenging things in franchising was that there initially was that you gave people too much leash or, or were there other challenges that came initially from it? Well, I would say the beginning challenges are. And I think most franchisee or franchisors would agree with this is I think you start out letting people become a franchisee who you shouldn't, you know, and you know it from the beginning, but because you're so desperate to try to prove that this works and try to get people involved, you, you sometimes are, you compromise your own, um, you know, your own thoughts just to kind of make it work. And you end up realizing that you can't make people do something if they don't want to. And so that's probably a, a, a something that I've learned is, is, you know, yes, I talk to a lot of people who, uh, who want to be a franchisee or, or maybe have the potential to be, but they have to have some financial backing, right? You can't, you know, there are times I would say, I don't know, I can take somebody who has $5,000 and make them successful. I mean, yeah, I could, but that's a lot of work on my part. Right. And, and so, um, it, it's just almost impossible to run, to start a business without having enough funds to, to, to get you from A to B. And what I mean by A to B is the very beginning to the first six months, right? That's a crucial time, you know, really making sure you have enough money for your marketing, making sure you have enough money to pay your bills for a month or two, just to kind of get you going until you're able to have that cash flow coming. Um, so that's, those are things I've learned. Um, 
you know, I, I've learned more that I need to listen to my wife more, you know, in some situations, you know, she's usually right, but I just don't want to admit it. And I don't want to hear it at the time. You know, I'm so focused on trying to grow something and, and cultivate it that she's able to, to, to say, no, this isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this. And I'm just like, that's okay. Don't worry. I got this. And I need to listen to her more because she's involved with the franchise, just like our painting business and, and everything else. So that's something that I need to do better at. And that's what I was going to ask you. What role does she play in the franchise with you? Does she, well, she, she played a role initially in your, in your, your corporate location or she still plays a role in that? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So she, she, she has always been mostly the, you know, from the beginning, she was the person who, when somebody called, she was the one who answered. She set up, she set up my appointment. She set up, you know, that's kind of scheduled. She did, you know, she took care of all the, the payroll, the, you know, the billing, the, you know, all those, uh, paying the bills. That was always her role. Um, you know, whatever I needed her to do, she would always do. Now she's, she handles a lot more of just the financial parts and, and even with the franchisees, she, te- you know, we teach, you know, franchisees how to use QuickBooks, right? How to do a spreadsheet, you know, how to do a profit and loss, you know, how to do um, a job costing, you know, a spreadsheet. So those are things that she helps the franchisees with. And, and she also does a lot of the paperwork. Like, like right now we have somebody who's interested in Washington State. So she'll go and find out all the information. What does somebody need to open up a business in that particular area? And then she gets all that and then you know, she gets all the information and, and, you know, she's very important. Um, and I should probably talk about that more, you know, but, uh, you know, when she's there every day, you know, sometimes it gets forgotten. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we kind of get in our groove and, you know, everyone's in their lane and then we forget that, oh, there's a lot that goes on in that lane over there that I'm not. No, oh. <laughs> no they're, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, it says Richard's painting. So everybody, you know, is always enamored with me being Richard, you know, but there's a lot of people behind me who really help me, you know, uh, I might have the plan and I might have the idea and, but it takes other people behind me to kind of implement all those plans. So, you know, there's another, you know, another person, Ginger, who works in our office, who is, you know, she's been with us for oh gosh, six or seven years and, you know, in our corporate office. And now she's transitioned over to the franchise part of the business. And, you know, she's real. you know, if, if somebody, you know, is uh, writing up an estimate and she'll look at it and she knows it's wrong and, you know, she'll say, no, you know, she knows more about the business sometimes, I think, than most of the people who are, who are working in it. And uh, that's really important to have people that, you know, because when franchisee has an issue or a problem or they need help, you need people who can help them and, and get them in the right, you know, in the right path. Right. So I think I read you have, is it 15 franchises right now? Yes. Yes. That's where we're at the moment. That's awesome. Congratulations. And that's, that's awesome. Um, with those 15, how many would you say, well, do any of them have a painting background? And then where do they, where are they all kind of coming from? Are they from corporate America? Were they employees? Were they CEOs of companies or? Well, yeah, no, I mean, most of our people, um, I will say, let's see, we have one, one person who was an employee who, uh, is a franchisee. Um, and he was an employee. He was my first employee when I moved here to North Carolina. And, uh, and he and they've done really well uh, so far, um, but mostly everybody else. Uh, we have women 
we have immigrants, we have minorities, male, female. We have a, a wide range of, of people. We have someone from, uh, Leslie is from Ukraine. You know, we have uh, Karen from Chile. We have another Olga from Ukraine. Um, we have uh, Frank, who, you know, African-American who, you know, uh, wasn't, you know, is local here. So there's so many, you know, the one thing I like about what we're doing is then we're attracting all different types of people. It's not just one type of person where they're, you know, we have some people who have zero painting experience. We had some who have some experience, you know, but nobody really so far has, has come from the corporate world. These are all working people who have, you know, like I said, really looking for an opportunity to take their life and their, you know, um, and get them to the next step to try to build some, you know, wealth for themselves and maybe their family. That's really the people that we've been attracting um, were, you know, since we started. Well, and see, I think that's really exciting because there's a real need anymore, right, for for the home services and um, the blue collar worker. Like we we've gotten so far away from that. And I think so many people, too, don't realize that you can go make an incredible life for yourself owning a business that is an essential, you know, I mean, you, you look at, it, it's hard to find painters to come in and paint your home or paint the outside of your home or, you know, I mean, there's, there's a real need for, for services, for home services, for sure. And, um, I feel like it's kind of been forgotten, um, uh, you know, a little bit. Well, no, I mean, the thing that, you know, especially for our business or any service business, they the our business no matter the economy yeah. we we have worked all the time there's never been a downtime you know the things that change maybe are you know pricing changes goes up and goes down you know if the economy slows down well, our pricing is going to be re reflective of that um but as soon as things pick back up you go right back up to where you were before and the great thing about the service business is you're in control of that you can dictate you know, how you, you know, if you're slow, you can lower your price. If you are so busy that you have so much work you want to do, you can raise your price, you know? So there's so much, you know, you have all the cards in your hand. You know, it's not like you're, you know, in manufacturing or in, in restaurants where you have to charge X amount of dollars or there's just no way it's going to work. You know, with us, you can be flexible. You can, you know, you can cut back on staff and can add staff. You can, you know, go after different types of jobs. And especially in our business, what works for franchising or franchise franchisees is we have multiple revenue streams. You know, it's a, a fancy word people like to use. Um, but what, what that really means is we do a wide range of paint. You know, it's not just, we don't just paint, you know, the inside of a house. We paint interior, exterior houses. We do decks. We do fences, epoxy floors. We do pressure washing, you know, kitchen cabinets, you know, while there's a lot of specialized franchises out there where they only do one or they do the other. They don't do this. They don't do that with us. You know, you can be very flexible, um, where, you know, you might, you can do a, a epoxy garage floor on a Monday and Tuesday, you're doing a, a kitchen cabinets on Wednesday, you're doing a deck and, you know, Thursday you're painting the inside of a whole house. So it's like, you're able to always be bringing money in from different directions. So that's, what I think is exciting and, and a great business model for people who are looking to be consistently busy all the time. Well, I think you bring up a good point because like when you, when you look at like you go to a restaurant and they're charging $10 for a hamburger 
they maybe have a little bit of margin that they can, you know, raise their price 50 cents or a dollar, maybe $2. But you look at the profit margins, I think are so different with home services. At least we find that with trees, um, being in the tree industry, because no two trees are the same, right? So you go out and, and the technicality of it may be a little bit different than the tree that we looked at over here in the neighbor's yard. And that's probably true for you. You come into a room or to a house and there might be different things that, that adjust that price and you, you have that ability. And do you find that, like you're saying, you can up your prices or lower your prices depending on if things are slower or, or if things are really busy, but do you find that the profit margins are greater in what you do versus some of these other industries, like maybe the restaurant industry or something, you know, something else? Well, I mean, even our, our our own industry, I'll just start with our own industry where many painting franchises, you know, they're operating on a 20% profit margin. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what the standard is. You know, for us, we are between 30 and 35%. Um, that's where, you know, the goal, that's where our goal is. Now, when you first start out, you're going to be closer to 20% because you have to gain market share and you have to be more competitive on pricing. Um, but as you get, as you mature your business, you know, the, the profit margin, we're not talking about gross profit, we're talking about net profit, you know, mm -hmm. where this is what, what you're making after everything is paid for. So, um, you know, in, in the restaurant industry, I know they operate on like a 10 to 14% profit margin, you know, and that's when, that's when things are going well, not, you know, if, you know, something is not working. So, you know, with us, you know, the great thing is your overhead is so low. That's what allows you to have these better profit margins. You don't need to have a huge office. You don't need to have a, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. You know, basically our franchisees start, you know, with a van and about a thousand dollars worth of equipment and they're ready to go, you know, and if you need a pressure washer, you go buy it when you need it. If you need a paint sprayer, well, then you buy it when you need it. And then you kind of accumulate these things. And once they're paid for, then you have them for, you know, for, for 10 years, you know, so, um, you know, our business is just great in so many different ways as far as low overhead, you know, uh, high profit margins, and and then the 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 accessibility of so many jobs available to do in your area. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. How how are you set apart from? Um, and you've you've explained that um, where you're different from the other painting franchises that are only have a 20% margin or somewhere in there, they're shooting for that. And it's because you're allowing people to kind of build as they go and then not start with, are the other companies requiring them pretty much to just buy it all, everything all at one time? Definitely. I mean, and the, the, the biggest part of this equation is our, our model as far as our, our workers, you know, the painters that we use are employees. We don't use subcontractors um, and, and two reasons. One, you know, in order to do quality work and have quality people, you have to, you know, the employee model is, is much more efficient. You know who you have every day. You can set your schedule much, much more efficiently. You can be more flexible. You know, um, when you use subcontractors, you know, many of these companies are, are using subcontractors that don't even know how to paint. They literally will say they do. They show up and they're doing, you know, they're doing subpar work and they're making everybody look bad. Um, but that's them, you know, and I try not to focus on that. I just know what we do really well. You know, um, I just know what they do and I try to use it to our advantage to show why we're different and why we're better. 
Um, and so that's really our goal is to, when somebody says, hey, this uh, XYZ company is, you know, giving us a price for this and you have to explain to them and say, hey, just so you know that, you know, they use subcontractors, they do this, they do that. Not saying that's right or wrong. We're just saying this is why we're different and this is what you're going to get when you use us. And so, but you can tell people that all day long, right? That's always one of the things that's really difficult. But so what we try to do instead of talking so much about it always is just proving it, right? Getting in front of people, showing them how good you are, and then helping and letting them help you spread the word as much as yourself. So there's a lot of different factors that go into that. But um, yeah, we like to separate ourselves by letting people know that we are employee based, you know, so we take care of families. You know, we have people that work for us, you know, for 10, 15 years, you know, that are, are, are valuable people. And, and those people, the employees that you bring into people's houses generally are who the people see every day. You know, they might see me or they might see the salesperson or, or the general manager show up and, and, you know, sell the job and peek in, make sure things are running smoothly. But those guys and girls who are working on the job every day, those are the people who are really representing you. And you got to have, you know, have really great people to, to represent you. Well, and that leads me to a couple of questions. So do you find that most of your franchisees are the ones actually out doing the painting or are you, are a lot of them hiring out employees? And then uh, on a piggyback of that, what would you say your, um, how are you, what's the key thing to you retaining your employees for 10 to 15 years? Like you were saying, are what are you teaching them so that they can do the same thing? you know, where their employees stick around? Well, the number one thing is hiring the right kind of employees, right? That's the number one key. You have to, you know, our, our, um, you know, our credo or, you know, whatever you want to call it is if you, you know, I can, I can, I can teach somebody how to be a good person, right? But I can teach them how to paint, right? So they have to be a good person first. If they're a great individual and they're just, just there to, to work, they're there to do a good job, they're, they're there to help represent you and help you grow your business. Those are the right people. So that's the first criteria. You can't, you can't have somebody who they can be the greatest painter ever. Right. But if they're a complete asshole, then what's the, what's the point, right? You, they don't make you look good. Even though, even though they might be a great painter, they have a terrible personality that they don't mesh well with the customer. They don't mesh well with the other employees. So at the end of the day, you have to hire just good people. Right. And that's what we look for first is, is that, you know, you have to have those kind of people. And that's what, you know, same thing with franchisees. To me, the franchisees and the employees are very similar. You know, so when I'm talking to somebody who wants to become a franchisee, I'm listening to them and I'm talking to them and I'm asking them questions and seeing how they will respond to something. Right. That's a number one thing. Like, how do you, you know, anybody's, anybody's great when they, when everything's going well. Right. Like, but how do you respond when it's going negative? Right. Or something's going wrong. How do you, you know, we have this saying, you know, it's not the problem. It's how you fix it. Right. And so if you, if you can have the right people who are just willing to, you know, make the best out of a situation, you know, even if it's dire and it's you know, not going well, but somehow managing to make it work, that's really what you're looking for, both employees and franchisees. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I was, um, a gentleman I was talking with on Tuesday said the very same thing about his franchisees. He goes, I just want good, good humans, just good people. If you're a good human, then we can work together pretty much, you know? And I think more and more 
Um, yeah, that's the goal, right? We just want to. the goal. It's the goal. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it always goes perfectly, but you know, you, you have to start there. Right. And, and, you know, having people, you know, employees for a long time, yes, if they're a good person or, or, you know, have the right attitude, it's gonna, it's gonna work, but also you have to take care of them. Right. You know, you have to treat them well. You cannot, um, you know, beat them up. You can't put them down. You can't, you want to build them up. You know, you want people to follow you, right. You want people to, to get in that bunker and fight for you. Right. So you, you know, for one of my, you know, things is, and I teach the franchisees this too, is I've always shown the the employees, I'm willing to get in there and do it with you, right? If, if something's not working or something's not going well, I'll get in there and paint that. I'll clean this. I'll, 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 I'll clean that toilet. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me, right? I'm, I'm here to try to, to, to help you. And I want you to stay here. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, do whatever it takes, whether it's, you know, given, you know, buying lunch for the guys or girls and, and, and having Christmas parties, having summer parties, having things where people just feel like you're part of a family more than just a job, you know, and that's, you know, that's really, uh, how you retain, uh, good employees. So what would you say your biggest hope is for the franchisees that you bring in? Um, that the biggest hope is that they're just more successful than they ever thought they could be. Right. That's really um, all it could be. You know, I I sometimes get emotional thinking about it because I don't think people realize how hard it is to start a business, to, to, to really, you know, to, to get out there and put it all on the line. Right. And not and not be held back by people saying, oh, this will never work. You're 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 an idiot for doing this. You're you're going to fail. Right. But yet to get out there, to do it and, 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 and then to become successful. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate prize, you know, um, you know, and money is not, you know, I try to tell all the franchisees, you know, there's net, it's not about money first. You have to be passionate about what you do. If you love what you do, you will make money and you'll make plenty of it. Right. And so I guess, you know, that's my ultimate goal is just to, you know, see people that, you know, didn't have the confidence to even go out and sell a job to somebody to all of a sudden having people that are selling jobs for them. Right. You know, just to always continuing to grow just like myself, like, you know, I'm a different person than I was five years ago. And I, and I hope that I'm a different person in five more years. So, you know, and that's what I hope for my franchisees. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the beautiful part, right. About people being able to buy into a franchise and be a franchisee because they're not, they're not going out and having to recreate the wheel and they can have somebody like yourself, um, or like us or other people that have franchises that can hold their hand and can say, Hey, this is the next step. This is what you do first. Just like what you were saying with your wife, um, where she goes out and when you've got someone in Washington that wants to open up, she's doing all the groundwork to figure out for their area, what they need to do for license and, you know, insurance and just everything there that, you know, is required of them. And that kind of stuff can take a long time for someone that's doesn't even know where to begin to look for that. Oh yeah. That's it's, it's a major, it's a major part of it. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is when we first started, you know, you give everybody these plans. Hey, make sure you, when you, when you file your LLC or your tax ID number that you, 
you know, you do that, you know, we, we set it up in steps, right? Like blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then all of a sudden the first couple of franchisees, um, uh, you know, they say, Hey, we, um, you know, we paid somebody to, 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 to open up our, you know, or whatever it was. And my wife is like, you obviously did not read the directions. <laughs> and so, you know, so what we ended up having to do is look, we will do it. Right. We'll do it with you on the phone and make sure it gets done correctly, you know? And so there are things, those are things that you learn, right? Yes. You might write it down on a paper and give everybody the instruction. This is how you do it. But sometimes at the beginning, people are a little bit lazy. They want to just, you know, Google it and they'll say, oh, just, uh, you know, this is what it said. And they click on something. And next thing you know, it's wrong. And we always try to tell them if anything about the government you're feeling, it doesn't cost you money. It's free. Right. So if somebody's charging you money, then there's something wrong. You know, so whenever anybody, you know, nowadays, when everybody said you can get any mail about anything with the business, you call us first, we'll tell you what it is and we'll let you know if it's right or wrong. So, yeah, that's so there's a lot of legwork that goes into that. For sure, because as soon as they file their LLC with their state, the mail starts arriving with yes. let us help you stay compliant and let us file this form for you and that form for you fill out, this will be $200 and it, it goes on and on. And it's a couple months of that, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So we just, we just tell them, just put it in the shredder. It's just garbage. It's, it's, you don't need it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, so what, do you have any big things on the horizon with your franchise, like big, big changes or big things that you're going to be rolling out? I mean, yeah, we have our own CRM that we're working on. Uh, you know, just like everything else in life, I, I, I make things very difficult for myself. I, you know, I did test many different systems and we tried to use this or that, um, you know, whatever the brand was. And I just never felt like it was personal. I always felt like it was like something everybody was using and it never, it felt like it didn't say Richard's painting on it. It always said somebody else's name and I never liked it. And I, that's just my own ego and um you know but you know i wanted something that was more personal for us that was more dedicated to our business and how it works and so hopefully within the next two months we should have that finished up and our franchisees will be able to send invoices out collect payments you know uh do drip campaigns um you know set up their appoint you know estimates through you know at you know it's a whole pool where right now we use seven steps to do all these things that we're, I'm hoping to combine into one. And so that's our next big thing for our franchisees. And, uh, you know, if that's big, we have, you know, hopefully when we're able to release this, uh, podcast here soon, I'm going to be Richard Payne is going to be in entrepreneur magazine as a top emerging franchise for top for 2023. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but I'm assuming by the time I uh, put this out there, it'll be out there. So um, but that's pretty cool, especially since, you know, truthfully, I don't even know how I got there. You know, I'm, I'm, some days I still, I'm still struggling with realizing I'm a franchisor, you know, and, and what that means. So, um, to have some sort of recognition, um, for where we're at so far is somewhat gratifying and, um, I'm hoping it helps me sell some more franchises. I'm sure. Well, absolutely. Um, so what kind of winding this down what what is your what is your goal ultimate goal with the franchise um well i've i have i've had a goal since i started painting was to be the largest painting company in the country right 
Um, what that means, I don't know yet. Um, there's some out there that are pretty big and it's going to be pretty, pretty hard to do that. But I believe that the more people that we get in front of and the more people that see what we're doing and the more people that believe it, it will just keep continue to grow. Um, I feel like I've gotten to where I, where I am now by just getting people to believe in what we do. And so once the word is out there and, and getting more traction, more recognition, more people realizing, wow, you can really be successful doing this. And I think it'll just naturally get, you know, get bigger. So yeah, that's my goal. I mean, but the true, the, the, the short-term goal, you know, is to get to, you know, a hundred locations, um, you know, hopefully within, you know, three or four years, that's, you know, from this point would be, would be great. I don't want to, you know, grow too fast. I see a lot of these uh, companies who go from zero to a hundred in one year and I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, I know, I know I couldn't do it. Uh, I know, I don't even think it would be fair to the franchisees, to the people working or anybody to try to grow that quickly, but it works for other people. So I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that for us, I feel like, uh, I like a slow and steady growth that, you know, is going to establish really successful business model that will be here forever. I love that. And what would you say to people that are maybe looking at your franchise? What would be, you know, the reason that they should look at you over somebody else? I mean, you've gone into a lot of that, but what would be maybe your, your elevator pitch to them of why they should come over? Well, the number one thing is if you're in service business, you know, looking at any sort of service franchise, you know, we are the best painters out there. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm not trying to be funny. It's not even a joke. It's like we are literally the best painters. And when I, the reason I say that is because I'm a painter, right? I understand painting. I understand the business of painting. And in order to be super successful in painting, you have to have an understanding of the business. You can't just go out there and say, I'm going to start a business in painting, hire other people to do all the work. And then, and then sit back and when things go wrong, you don't even know why, right? So with our business model, you're going to get involved. You're going to have a successful business that is also going to be the top of, of, of the market and, and you have nowhere to go um, from there. So if you want to be involved in painting and service business, you know, Richard painting is by far the, the only one you need to go with. And last thing, why? Why would you say service-based businesses or home service businesses? I mean, one of the better, I mean, I, I'm biased because we're in a home service business and I mean, you know, we're out serving the community. Um, but why would you say that over, you know, maybe opening up a retail location or something else? I just, uh, the truth of the matter is, is because there is a need for it. That's the number one thing. There is not enough. There's a way higher demand than there is enough people to fill that demand. So, you know, and that's going to be going on for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's not, um, you know, it's not something where you're able to fill that need fast enough. So that's the number one thing. And, and especially in painting, I don't know, you can drive down any road in the United States of America and let me know a house or a business that doesn't need to be painted at some point. So try it. And if you hit, if you can find an area that that doesn't need to be done, then I guess I'm wrong. But uh, I've driven down a lot of streets and I see a lot of pain. And it's, you know, yeah, 
Yeah, we feel the same way about trees. Um, the the joke in our house is money does grow on trees because that's right. how we make our money. Um, yeah. But everybody has trees in their yard, and when you when you see and same for you, they're building all these new home communities everywhere, and all of those homes need painting initially, and then all of those homes are going to need painting. And I, you would know better how many years it you know takes for a home to pretty much need painting, and that's how we feel about trees those trees start to grow up. They plant those little trees and then they get big and then, you know, they need to be trimmed and then some of them die and they need to be removed or they overplant the yards. And I mean, it's just, it's an ongoing perpetual thing that um, is going to always be a need. And, and then I'm sure, um, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but like even just with storms and things, I mean, it rips up, it rips up the outside of homes and, um, you know, for us, it rips up trees and landscape and things like that. And, so um it's just a constant right yeah to me like i've I've said this in other in other interviews and i mean to me painting is the greatest job on on earth i was you reading you, you felt that yeah yeah i mean it's 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 really it's a it's it, it's not hard work it's not taxing it's not you know many people who paint will always tell you man painting is so it's so satisfying it's so soothing and it, it really is. You can sit there and, and engage in your own thoughts and as you're painting. And, and you know, and then when it comes to the business part of it, you know, you pretty much get paid to make people happy every day. And so it's it's not a bad life when you think of it that way. You know, the relationships that you build, the, the customers that you get, the the, the family of, of, of your business, you know, painting is to me just it's just a great way to you know, to, 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 to build a wealth of not only money, but, but of, of, of uh, existence, you know? And so, so, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything else in, in the world. I love that. Well, I have really enjoyed talking with you today. Could you let everyone know where they can find more information out about you, your company, your franchise? Oh yeah. Well, the, the, First, if anybody out there, anywhere you're at, you're looking to have uh, any painting done, pressure washing, you know, you just re you know, uh, log on to richardspainting.net and uh, you can pull up all our locations there and uh, you can just click on the fill out an estimate form and someone will contact you. And then um, if you're interested in the franchise, you can also go through the same place. There's a link there on, on the richardspainting.net. Uh, website, but also directly you can go to richardspaintingfranchising.com and you can check out uh, some some cool videos of myself and other people and, and all the information of what it costs to get started and, and what we're about. And, you know, I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time today and um, I thank everyone for watching. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Michelle's hope is that this podcast inspires you to continue to press forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. You can find short video clips of the best moments from the episode at chosenbusinessowner.com and on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Keep pressing on, chosen business owners.